Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Welcome to the Teacher Turn Alchemist podcast. My name is Lydia, and <laughs> it has been a hot second since I have jumped on, but finally made it to episode number 10. Hello, so pumped. Uh, it's been like two months since I've jumped on here, and I should be embarrassed. I mean, I slightly am embarrassed, but at the same time, I'm happy to come back, share with you what is all going on because it is a lot, and it's a lot of great news. And so uh, without further ado, I'm just going to jump right in. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, first, welcome, welcome. Uh, just a quick backstory. I was a former special education teacher for the last seven years being in the classroom. Uh, after a while, my bucket just wasn't being filled all the way. And so I decided to leave the classroom. Crazy timing with all of the COVID stuff. But as of May of 20. 20 to think about that. I almost said 2019. And I wanted to pursue uh, basically bringing two of my passions together of kombucha tea, which I'll get into in a little bit, and also bringing competitive employment to adults with disabilities in my community and creating what I am calling an inclusive kombucha tap room. I am in Wisconsin in the United States, and that is where I am currently planning on opening up a tap room. And so I'm just sharing along in this podcast, this whole journey to get there and all the mess ups that I've had and all the crazy awesome things that have happened. And boy, do I have a lot to share with you because like I said, it's been a hot two months. So I am really excited to jump in and share with you all the progress that has been made towards this kombucha tap room. So jumping right in, um, usually I share at first what I am sipping on and gosh darn it I'm so pumped because right now I am actually sipping on one of my finished brews that I have bottled and it is the grapefruit rosemary. I believe that I have sipped on this before in another podcast episode but this is one of my flavors that I am bringing out to the public. I'm sharing that right now. I'm super excited about it um, but it's just this like tart but also earthy flavor. Again that grapefruit and the rosemary go really well together and um, I don't know I had this thing with my dad growing up. We always loved pickles and grapefruit <laughs> and I don't know what it was about the grapefruit but I'm just attracted to it because it reminds me of home even though I definitely don't live in the Florida area but it just reminds Reminded me of times where I would sit around the kitchen with my dad and just have good conversations in the morning. And so I started with grapefruit, paired it with rosemary, and I'm super pumped about it. Uh, recently, and I'll jump more into this a little bit later, but this is actually carbonated. And this is like the first carbonated brew that I've been able to do. And when I say carbonated, um, I've actually used CO2 to put into it. And I've learned kind of that whole process, or at least I'm trying to learn that process. Ugh, it just tastes so good, especially knowing that it's mine. So really pumped about that. Last time I left you all, I was discussing how I was having a lot of trouble bringing down my alcohol content. And basically, in order to market my kombucha as non-alcoholic in the United States, I need to be below 0.5% alcohol by volume level. And so I've been playing around with this a lot and brewing and brewing and brewing and just going to the lab. And the lab is in Madison, so it is like an hour and a half drive. It's not terrible, but it definitely is like something I have to plan for and it ain't cheap. So I've been taking it to the lab and getting better and better each time. And I am super excited to share that I have finally been able to lower my alcohol levels to under 0.5. And when I say under 0.5, I am consistently getting like a 0.1 
And I, I was pulling like one percenters. Remember I said that I was probably drinking some alcohol at school and I didn't really know it because I was brewing at home. And if you brew naturally at home, you usually get between a one to three percent alcohol level. Not something I was buzzed on, but anyway, I digress. I'm definitely under that 0.5% alcohol limit and I'm super pumped. And so that was basically the green light to move into that next component of the business, which was obtaining a license. So I've been working with the state of Wisconsin as well as the county of Kenosha. And that's the county that I'm in right now is Kenosha County. And that's where I'm planning to open up is eventually in Kenosha itself. It's actually a city in Wisconsin, but I'm in Kenosha County. And so what I thought would be pretty easy uh, filling out applications and things turned into, oh, you need this application and you need this application and, oh yeah, you also need to get approved for this, that, and that. So there's been a lot of things that I didn't realize I needed to do. And part of that is just me researching and I've never done this before, but that was just, I would take a new trail I felt like every single day and have to get another piece of paperwork. It's like the government's like, yay, we're rooting for you, but not really. So uh, I had to get what's called a variance. A variance is, and I'm probably going to say this incorrectly, but basically you work through the state because if you're working with a specialized process that could produce a risk, you basically have to get a green light from the state saying that you're allowed to do that. And you have to go and submit what's called a HESAP plan, which basically stands for, oh, let's see if I can remember this. So I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Hazardous control points. <laughs> There's so many other letters to that. Basically, it's a plan that if the temperature is off, then what am I going to do to fix that? And, you know, things like that. If the pH is off, what am I going to do to fix that? And so the state wants to see that at every step of making kombucha, in my case, uh, if something were to go wrong, what is the plan to fix it? And so uh, fermentation in general is a specialized process. So I had to submit this variance plan. And that took forever in a day. And it didn't help that here I am at the end of a pandemic year. And it's the holidays when I finally got this all submitted because it did take quite a bit of time understanding what this paperwork entailed and the processes and pH levels and things. I'm definitely not a scientist, but <laughs> did a lot of research online. And I submitted it and it took almost 30 days to get that application back and they did approve it, which shout out to my awesome husband because he actually called the state department and was like, hi, I'm Living Simple, Living Full Kombucha's assistant. <laughs> and he was like, is there any way that you can look into this? I'm like, why didn't I think of that? That is freaking brilliant. And the guy's like, we don't normally do this, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and push yours ahead. And he gave me the go ahead the next day. And I'm like, how much time could I have saved if I had just called like that? But Anyway, it, it went through and I was able to get my variance and my HESA plan approved. With that being approved, now the state bounces me back to my county. And so Kenosha County, I am working with a sanitarian and sanitarians basically are health inspectors. They're the ones that come out to restaurants and, you know, other food businesses to ensure that everything is up to code. And so I've been assigned a sanitarian and he's fantastic so far. And he um, basically, it's a he, <laughs> it's actually funny because I did get bounced around with sanitarians too. I actually started with a woman and then I ended up with another guy and COVID messed everything up on that one. But, oh man, where am I even going with this? Okay. So anyway, I have a sanitarian and once I had the variance and everything approved from the state, 
he now has the green light to come out to the kitchen that I'm renting from and inspect it. And then after he inspects it, then he can give me my license like that I can produce out of that kitchen. And so like I mentioned before, I have found a commercial kitchen space. Have I mentioned that before? Maybe I've only mentioned it on Instagram or maybe I try to do a podcast. For the record, yes, I know my audio kind of sucks on this podcast, but I'm trying out something new. I'm on a completely different computer. Long story short, my old computer, I actually recorded podcasts like three different times and the computer just would blow up on me. When I say blow up, it just shut down. It's such an old Mac computer and I can't use it anymore. So at least I'm getting a podcast episode out. That's why it kind of sounds a little wonky, but I've probably said something about the shared kitchen in a previous unshared podcast episode. So here I am now telling you that, yes, I have found a shared commercial kitchen space and it is only seven minutes away from my house, which is crazy because I live such in a small town area and to find something um, and someone who's willing to have me. And he didn't even know what kombucha tea is. So I'm just so excited to get in there. I had the sanitarian come out and he had to check all of my processes to make sure everything was good. So this is where I had a little bit of a freak out moment because at this point, it took forever to get that variance form approved until that happened. The person who I'm renting the commercial kitchen from was like, hey, until this happens, I don't want to sign a lease and I don't want to have you move everything in yet because, well, you know, payments and things like that and insurance and everything, liability. There's a lot of things. I mean, yeah, I'm a nice person. He's a nice person, but Strictly talking business, he's like, until we get something set up with the inspector, I don't want to have you move everything in yet. Totally understand. But the way it actually worked out, you guys, is that he, um, he being the sanitarium, was like, hey, um, I have a little bit of time before Christmas. Maybe I can come out this upcoming Monday. And so I just got the variance like that Tuesday or whatever. And he's like, yeah, let's do it in the next week. And when I called the uh, manager who as has the commercial kitchen, he was like, yeah, um, why don't you just move everything in the morning of? Because I got a lot going on. And again, he's not being me. I make it sound like he's being brash or like rude, but he's not at all. He's super chill. But basically he was like, why don't you come in the hour before the inspector comes, move some things in, and then you can walk through the kitchen. And this is me having a minor freak out moment because if you guys know me, ugh, I need to know what's coming in advance. And I had only gone to see this kitchen one time and I didn't have any of my things there. And so what he's asking me is to meet with him, sign the lease, pay him for all the rent. And then within that same hour, the inspector is going to come and be like, okay, run me through your processes. And I'm be like, well, I feel like this is going to go over here and I'm going to use this over here. And I don't really know what I'm talking about. Kind of have to BS my way through it, but okay. Come on, teachers, do you kind of feel me like when a principal or a, like an evaluation came through and you just kind of had to BS yourself sometimes or like a family that you've never seen? <laughs> anyway, huh, totally getting off topic, but I was like, okay, I can do this. I was totally psyching myself up to be able to go through the inspection with this guy. And it ended up going extremely well and better than what I could have ever planned for. I ended up meeting with uh, the owner of the business and we signed the lease. Everything was good there. And the sanitarian is super chill. I feel like it has really worked in my favor. And again, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not being sexist on this, but working with these two guys, they're like type B people and I'm a type A person. And they were just like, yeah, it's totally chill. Let's do this whenever you're ready. Like you can kind of tell that even some of the ways they were talking to me were like, dude, chill out. You're fine. Everything's going to be okay. 
and they didn't want me to fail. Of course, this business kitchen is getting paid for me to come in. So they want it to work. So he's just being really accommodating. And the sanitarian, I mean, he's doing the same thing. He's like, I want your business to work. So why don't I just walk through everything? Don't worry about it. Everything's good to go. I'll come back later when you get everything set up and I'm going to go ahead and give you a pass. Hot dog. Everything passed there and I was super excited about that. And the only thing left in order to be able to sell the kombucha, now that I have an establishment to create the kombucha out of, well, actually there's a couple of extra things, but the the one more legal side of things is that I need a retail license. And a retail license is basically what it sounds like. You know, I, I want to be able to sell out of here either at a farmer's market or if you place an order online, I can deliver it to you. I need what's called a retail license. So I went back to my county and they're like, well, this is another thing with the state. And I'm like, darn nabbit. So I went back to the state and I was like, hey, what does it take to get a retail license? And they were really quick to say, actually, that's your county because you probably won't have this amount of sales in the next year. And until you might consider yourself a wholesaler, we don't need to administer you a license. And by wholesale, I mean like if I wanted to take my kombucha to the Walmart, and I say the Walmart like the Google, you know, a big grocery store or something like that, or even some like bakeries or coffee shops and things like that, um, there's a certain amount of percentage that I can sell wholesale before I need to obtain what's called a wholesaler's license. But right now, since I'm just selling to, you know, family, friends, people around the county, this is now just considered retail. They buy online, I deliver the goods. So I'm really happy to hear that today, actually, the sanitarian contacted me and he says it's in the mail. So that is the last piece that I needed in order to sell the kombucha. So I'm really, really excited that hopefully within the next month or so, I will have a product. When I say the next couple of months, and really I have a goal to start selling it at the beginning of February, that is my ultimate goal. There are still a few things that I need to figure out. First, I have a majority of my equipment, but as I've been in the kitchen, I've been able to move on all my stuff, by the way. Um, I've been figuring out some other things that I might need to help the processes go smoother. And I've also realized that I need to have a strong like bottle logo design and if I'm going to sell in any bakeries or if I'm going to sell in any um, coffee shops or bars or anything like that, I need to have nutrition facts on there. And so that's kind of the next thing that is uh, catching my attention lately is the nutrition facts and the labeling. I've already gotten my bottles. Um, I'm going to be selling right now out of uh, glass they're, they're like beer bottles, if that's the best way I can describe it. Um, but they're not amber in color, they're actually clear. And I wanted to get them clear on purpose because the kombucha has such a beautiful color. And for the market that I'm going for, primarily the people in my county don't really know what kombucha is. And so already the appeal of it and the color is what I want people to like that would draw them over at farmer's markets, if that makes sense. And so over time, I do see me transitioning to cans. Um, I do think that I would leave less of a carbon footprint with cans, and I'll go into that maybe in a different episode. But for right now, and also the cost on my part, uh, glass bottles, 12-ounce beer bottles, is what I'm sticking with. So I already have that. I already have the caps. And I'm working right now to come up with my design and my logo. I already had a logo that my sister-in-law helped me make and she did a phenomenal job on it and I feel like it served me well for that 
time period that I was in with the business, but it's kind of evolved and I'll go into that in a little bit later in this episode, but I wanted my logo to embody some other uh, things. Again, I'm going to go into this a little bit later in the episode, but um, I worked with my brother who, um, Jacob, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal eye for things um, such as marketing stuff. He actually went to Ball State University for advertising, and so he knows what people are looking at and what brings the eye in and everything like that. So he's been just so generous with his time and his remarks and things. It's just fun to work with your brother. And so he has been helping me create a bottle design and a new logo. And so I'm hoping to get that solidified within the next couple of weeks. But it's just so important because, uh, you know, I, I think about when I go to the store, what draws me in? What draws you in? You know, why do you pick up a bottle? Do you want to look at the ingredients? Do you want to read the story? How do I get someone to pick up my bottle or to look at it and be like, ah, yes, that embodies this, this, and this. There's so much that I want this business to embody, you know, from adults with disabilities and employment to healthy foods and wellness um, to just kombucha tea and just, I don't know, there's just so many different things that I want people to recognize in this brand and that has to be construed on the label and the bottle itself. So there's just so many things to consider. But I truly feel like um, I'm coming closer and closer to it each day and that's basically where I'm at. There are some other like minor things that I'm working on right now. Like for example, I did mention earlier that I'm working with CO2 and I've never worked with like a keg and CO2 and just getting the carbonation correct. And so I also am working with all of the brews and the flavors and just making sure that I can keep them as consistent as possible. And I just like how all my kombucha tastes. I'm completely biased and I also love super vinegary stuff, but I realize that a lot of the market doesn't really like vinegary. And so I'm trying to get that balance of a kombucha flavor and not compromising my methods and just staying as consistent as possible. So I'm still working on the carbonation and everything like that. And I feel like with more time in the kitchen, and by the way, he gave me four days a week and I am in there from like eight to noon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And so it's perfect because it goes alongside my part-time job as a bartender. Um, So it works out really well. And yeah, I basically have the kitchen to myself. Um, I can now say it. I'm not going to tell you the exact place that I'm at but it is a country club and so what's nice is that in the winter it's like a country club and catering place and so it's a big golf course and it with COVID they they changed sorry with COVID they shut down most of the restaurant service and so they don't use this kitchen right now and no one's really golfing coming into the bar area so it's just me and I do only have this kitchen leased until mid-April but it sounds like he's pretty optimistic about if this works out and, you know, I'm good with the space and maybe I can work around some other cooks and things that I could stay there. But we'll we have to reevaluate as the time gets closer. So I'm excited to see where that takes me. But at least I have this for the next couple of months and then I should be able to have a product to market because I got to pay rent. <sighs> so I know that was a lot, but I just had to catch you up on basically where I'm at and there's just so many different components and I'm proud of myself for how far I've come and I'm excited to continue to look ahead. You know, I I mentioned in a different episode that I was this Enneagram 6 and that's the loyalist for those who aren't familiar with Enneagrams and one of the main, I wouldn't even say flaws, but something that's a hang up for an Enneagram 6 is the discomfort and just being out of that routine and the worry and the anxiety 
And what I've realized, and I'm not perfect at it, but I'm just definitely realizing it more now in this season is that as an entrepreneur, this new path that I've chosen for myself, um, it really has um, encouraged me to think more about the unknown in a positive light. Um, I used to think about the unknown in a lot of anxiety and things, and, and I still do. I mean, I'm still pretty pessimistic sometimes too. But um, I really have, I've noticed that when I don't have something ahead of me that I know is coming, I tend to worry. But now I'm starting to shape that and be like, okay, this is a challenge. How can I overcome this? And now that I've seen enough of these success building blocks, I've been able to build myself up to think, okay, well, you messed up that one time, but you did really well on these other four things. And so that's super encouraging to me. And if you're a fellow entrepreneur out there and you're like, oh my gosh, it never feels like it's going to end. I'm always in this like discomfort. I feel like discomfort can be a really good tool to move you forward because it promotes that action. But I also feel like, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it's just like, it's okay to be in those thoughts and you're still going to move forward and you're going to figure it out. Did I make sense? <laughs> Hopefully I did. Anyway, uh, that leads me to where, where am I going with the business? Um, I actually had a great conversation with my boss um, over at the Hive, I, where I bartend at. And, um, you know, as he was a fellow entrepreneur, as he started the business with his wife, we just had like a couple hours to sit down and he really challenged me to think about, okay, here's what you're doing right now. You're doing well, but where's that 30,000 foot view of where you want to go? And how can you simultaneously work on where you're at now to where you want to go? And I know that sounds almost cliche because it's like, okay, well, yeah, like I know I want to, you know, employ adults with disabilities. He's like, okay, but how are you showing people that right now? What are you working towards to get to that? This is me saying this, but in my head, I'm like, am I just really consumed with kombucha right now and the logistics of it and not working still on my mission and my why? Even though I know my why, is that being construed online? Is that being, you know, promoted in what I'm doing with my next actions? And I don't feel like it is yet. And so right now I'm trying to work with organizations to try to put me more at that 30,000 foot view, if you can get my drift there. Um, I like to work, especially in Wisconsin, because I feel like, you know, working in Illinois for so long and even Indiana, I knew a lot of the uh, services that were offered for adults with disabilities. But in Wisconsin, I'm still getting to know so many different people and organizations and just learning where to go from here and who could help me, who could come alongside me and who can I shadow and who can I learn from? So that's kind of where I'd like to spend more of my energy on because I know that I need to spend energy working on kombucha, but I'll be real and say that there's a lot of technical stuff that it's just not my strong suit and it's not making me as excited to get up in the morning to be like, okay, I need to problem solve a keg. That was never really my jam in the first place. I love being around people. I love building relationships. I am, you know, I feel like I make great connections with people. Um, but if I don't start doing more of that in the day to day, I feel like I'm just not getting as excited to move forward in the logistical part, if that makes sense. And I need to understand my strengths a lot more and tap into those strengths in order to continue making action in my areas of weakness, <laughs> such as all the logistical things with kombucha. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm still gonna make a really great drink. I think I made something great, but you be the judge of that in the next couple of weeks. So anyway, 
that leads me to um, my name of the business. I'm gonna give you a little teaser here. I actually wanna change my name up of this business. Right now, it is called Living Simple, Living Full Kombucha. And I'll tell you, you know what, screw it. I'm just gonna tell you, I already did it actually. I already changed it to LLC. I was like, nope, we're doing it. First off, if I'm in a farmer's market and they're like, oh, what's your name? Living Simple, Living Full Kombucha is like, blah, 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 blah. I can't say that. <laughs> it's like too many words. And I want it to be easy to say. And even like my email, living simple, living full at gmail.com. I was like, oh my goodness, it's so long. Even my Instagram handle, like I had to squeeze it in with no spaces. So already just for, is it semantics? Is that the word for it? I don't know. But I want to shorten it, and now I want to be called Living Full Kombucha. So I'm just dropping off the Living Simple part. But I still love the motto that we have, which is simply made full of opportunities. And I just feel like Living Full embodies so much more of where I feel like this business is going. When I think of Living Full and a little teaser into my icon, there's going to be like a full glass, you know? When you see some like the glass half full, you think of opportunities. You think of just uh, possibilities, what you can do with your life. And in regards to this tap room, I see specifically um, and this is my, my goal, my end goal, is that we have health food workshops that are helping adults know how to make healthy food options that are easily accessible to them. Basically be an inclusive community that people can rely on and they feel full, they feel more themselves when they're there. That was a wordy way of saying that I just am looking for a community. <laughs> and I feel like that living full um, when you're living, you know, you're, you're around people, you're, you're excited about what's to come in your life. And so I feel like living full kombucha. And by the way, I feel like over time, I'm going to take off the kombucha part and just living full is going to be a brand. But right now, since my product is kombucha, I'm going to expand and use that as a vehicle to get me to where I want to go all the way of living full. So right now it's Living Full Kombucha. But um, yeah, hopefully you guys catch that and I'll be sharing with that on social media really soon and you'll see a switch on the website and everything else. But um, yeah, let me know if that resonates with you like it does with me and um, what your thoughts are when you hear the words Living Full. So I know that was extremely wordy, but I'm super pumped about this episode. I hope you were as well. I'm going to leave you like I typically do with a teaching story. And before I jump in with that teaching story, I just wanted to share too that um, I have, I don't know, it's like an itch to scratch. I want to get back in the classroom. I really thought that I was going to be able to go back into the classroom that I once taught, but with COVID and all this crap that's been going on all year, um, unfortunately, all of the schools in Illinois are virtual and I'm not allowed to go into the school. And so it's just been so sad because I haven't seen any of the students or any of my coworkers since March <laughs> and it's just been super weird. And so in the meantime, I have actually gotten my Wisconsin teaching license and I'm not going back into the classroom to teach full time, but I am going to substitute teach. And so um, I am trying to work through uh, some of the school districts nearby and be like, hey, I'm a special ed teacher. I'd love to come in there. So I'm excited to get back into the classroom a little bit um, and just even continue to network and just meet some more people around the community because, well, I've been in Illinois for so long. I would love to get to know more people, especially around the community that I want to build this inclusive tap room in. So just a little side note. But anyway, um, really quick story. And it's a success story. Um, remember, I like to reserve the rights of the privacy of all of my students. And so I refer to all female students as lemon, not because they're sour, but I think that they're jolly and bright, <laughs> and uh, male students as kale. 
because I like kale. And that always sounds creepy because it's like I want to eat kale, but I don't want to eat my students. But anyway, I want to talk about lemon today. And uh, I first came into the, the program in Illinois where I was teaching at, and lemon was already there. And she felt like she was the queen bee of this program. And I did not fit in that program at first. And Lemon was straight up bully. <laughs> I don't know if teachers have used experienced this when a student is kind of out to get you. And not in the way that she wanted me to cry or anything like that. But she would just nitpick and challenge everything that I did. And I think it was because I was new to what she thought as her environment. And so I was teaching independent living and, and vocational skills. And I would walk in, she'd be like, ew, your shoes, they're gross. <laughs> and I, I, but she would just always be so uh, kind of brash with me about especially my appearance and just what I was teaching. It just wasn't offering her anything. And over the years, because she was just starting off in the program when I got there, I was able to be um, basically with her for several years. And I got to see so much growth, especially in independent living um, and social emotional skills. Um, over time, she ended up giving compliments or what we call fake compliments, which I know that sounds terrible to say, but we've all done it. Okay. And I think as, um, someone who struggles with anything, you know, socially, you got to know what's called a social fake. Okay. And so to like get a gift you don't want from grandma for Christmas, be like, thank you so much. Like you can still be sincere. <laughs> so I could totally tell when she was doing a social fake, but I appreciated that she was trying. She's like, Hey, your shoes are nice. I'm like, thank you. That was really nice. And I got a big smile on my face. I'm like, did you see how I reacted to that? That was super nice. And then she'd be like, well, they weren't super pretty. I'm like, that's okay. You don't need to say that. <laughs> anyway, um, over the course of a couple years, Lemon did a really fantastic job just um, understanding more cues around her. And she was actually able to secure a job at a local thrift shop in town. And um, whenever, it's so cool, you guys, because even today I can still go to the thrift thrift shop and she will greet me each time and she'll run up hi how are you are you doing well I like your shoes <laughs> and uh, she is thriving there and it's so cool because I forgot to mention I should have because she was making fun of my shoes but she was a fashionista she still is she'd always be dressing in the best clothes and she'd always like to mix and match patterns and things and something I would never be able to pull off but she easily pulls it off and she's just you know kind of super unique in her fashion senses and it's just fun it makes her just even more bubbly person to be around and um so it's just really cool because she was offered this job after an internship that we offered through our transition program and it was so cool because i truly felt like the skills that she learned in our program of how to just act in an interview and how to talk with people and how to work on a team really helped her to secure this job and maintain it so it's just really cool to go say hello to her and she's super fantastic at remembering details about people's Lives, which I think will help her with customers too. Um, and so she'll always ask about my cat and my husband and she just always has a big smile on her face and it's just so nice to see that um, she is thriving and she's super capable of doing every single position there. And I think she's actually gotten several raises from what she has told me in the past, but she lives so close to it. She just rides her bikes or, or walks or takes the um, public bus. I'm just really proud of Lemon. So I just wanted to leave you with that story because I truly feel like... Um, even though I might not know the students right now, um, I, I just can already see the types of adults that could be working in this inclusive tap room and just finding something that I know will work for them and something they feel really proud of and doing. And when this inclusive tap room opens one day, I, I truly just feel like it's going to be such, oh, 
I don't even know the word to capture it, but it's, it's, it's heartwarming, but also just such an accomplishment for everybody. And so I'm really excited um, to continue moving towards this mission and this overall goal. And if you want to support me, and I say us usually, but it's just me, it'll become a we eventually. But right now, and again, like I said, I'm switching over my name, but right now, and if you're listening later, like in February, it's probably changed, but my website is livingsimplelivingfull.com and you can reach me at livingsimplelivingfull at gmail.com. Um, and you can always follow us on Instagram. I did change that, Living Full Kombucha on Instagram. Um, but I'd love to hear from you um, if you're a fellow teacher, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're someone who's in the kombucha world and you're just like, woo, go you, or ooh, here's a suggestion for you. I'd love to hear it. Um, and I will catch you back hopefully a lot sooner next time. Bye.